Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Well, hello, hello. It's the 16th of December, 2022. This is the COB, all the stuff you need to know about the day in business and markets. And uh, Andrew, it wasn't a very good day for the local share market, was it? Well, no, in fact, I woke up this morning and said, you know what, I don't think I will get out of bed. <laughs> I, I looked at what was going on overseas and thinking, well, that's bad. Uh, of course, you know, part of that triggered by we saw a raft of central banks uh, come to the party and lift their rates further. Then you got some weak economic data, particularly out of the States, people looking at the prospect of recession. I was looking out the window. It was looking like winter in the middle of it's summer. It's cold, I know. I think, what's going on? I'll stay in bed. But no, I came to work. What and a trooper. What a yeah. trooper. Because, you know, I can hear it in your voice. Um, equities really, to your point, tumbled in the wake of the ECB and BOE, both delivering 50 basis point hikes hawkish commentary. I mean, Christine Lagarde committed to raising rates further. And the reason it has people spooked is, you know, it's hiking into a recession, uh, particularly in Europe and the UK. So look. um, Yeah, well, in fact, on that point, I mean, she said not just once, not twice, but maybe three times or as many times as it takes, despite the fact they're seeing potentially a peak in inflation in Europe. We saw that in the UK as well. And of course, that's been discussed in the States. So um, yeah, that points to the fact that there's the strong likelihood that it'll be a very hard landing. Well, you would har- it's hard to see how it would, would you know, play out any differently. Um, she said that the ECB sees the terminal rate higher than market pricing, which is at about 2.85%, also making some announcements in regards to bond purchases. So the Bank of England's main rate now sits at 3.5%. And again, the guidance saying that the majority of the committee thinks that, uh, you know, should the economy evolve more broadly in line with the November Monetary Policy Report projections, that further increases in the bank rate may be required for a sustainable return of inflation to target. Because I guess that's the lesson this week, Andrew, even from the U.S. Fed, that, you know, inflation targeting is what they do. Rates will have to remain higher for a longer period of time. Yeah, in fact, I was talking to uh, Mark Todd from Bank of China, who obviously reads this stuff very closely, and particularly in the wake of the the Fed. And he said the most interesting, well, one of the most interesting takeouts he had was that um, the power was saying not a target of inflation of between two and three. He was saying two. Mm. So, and he said it's designed to tell the market, listen, stop it. You know, we're yeah. going higher because we need to get that inflation under control. And uh, you guys just aren't listening at the moment, which is frustrating. Yeah. Well, imagine being a central banker. I, uh, I wouldn't want the job myself. U.S. retail sales were down, so perhaps the consumer is starting to take a bit of notice. Uh, it's a really interesting conundrum because, you know, you've got 
consumers still, you know, relatively cashed up. It was interesting to see that mortgage demand in the U.S. was up. That was a read from the day before last night. Um, so, yeah, work still to be cut out. Well, it's interesting as far as those retail sales numbers are concerned because it goes into Christmas, of course. Mm-hmm. But we're also seeing a lot of discounting. So that's perhaps part of the reason why we saw that fall. Mm-hmm. Uh, yet, yes, the consumer is still spending. Um, but, you know, it also goes to earnings, which are expected to fall. That's the next shoot a drop, which really hasn't done so. Hey, I wrote a title the other day, waiting for the U.S. earnings shoe to drop. Because that's what everybody's starting to talk about. Don't yeah. forget, U.S. earnings, the quarterlies get going in three weeks. So we've got a little bit of a break over Christmas. We'll be coming back to to see if those earnings revisions um, have been significant enough. Many people I speak with, most people I've spoke with this week say no. You know, the expectations are still too high that uh, it's going to be a one of these quarters, it's going to happen. Yeah, yeah. Well, meanwhile, where's Santa gone? I don't know. What happened to Santa Rally? I don't know. <laughs> he's, they... he's headed back to the North Pole. He's uh... scared away, I Yeah, think. absolutely. Um, well, look, it, traditionally the Santa Claus Rally doesn't get going until the last couple of weeks of December, but the clock is ticking. Yeah, you know, I, we've I got think, one more week of trade before Christmas. you might have missed that, uh, that window. Um, Oil but, prices were down overnight, you yep. know, like it was definitely a risk off right across the board that included base metals. Here locally, uh, you know, the big miners picked themselves up off the mat, uh, so to speak. And, um, you know, that probably prevented worse performance for our local market because, yeah, BHP sort of ended up around a percentage point. Uh, Rio Tinto at one point today was up by about 2.3%. So, again, this sort of enthusiasm about commodity prices, the China reopening, although, you know, a lot of conversations I had this week as well were sort of talking about this enthusiasm that we've been seeing for commodity stocks based on commodity prices just you know questioning how long that can last and whether those commodity prices are are already fully reflecting any upside from a reopening of china yeah elsewhere in the complex uh the the goldies they uh they were hit hard today uh we did see the gold price tumble about two percent um but a lot of that of course is that inverse correlation with the u.s dollar because that actually spiked again overnight as a result. Yeah. So, oh. yeah, I mean, because the, the, the gold stocks have actually done very well mm-hmm. the last month or two. Yeah. I um, I've actually put it in the weekend newsletter. I spoke with David Berthen-Jones from Aquitus Investment Group a little bit earlier this week. And I oh, don't mind giving it away, although you should subscribe to the Off the Clock newsletter. But he's added Newcrest to the portfolio. He's, he's one of those that sort of casts... Um, throws a bit of shade on this whole commodity story. But um, he's just looking for diversification intelligent diversification is what he calls it, heading into 2023. Yeah, in fact, on that theme, also in Off the Clock, I was, uh, I've was uh, done a piece with uh, Rob Shears from Valor Private Wealth talking about the lessons he's learned. Now, you're learning from mistakes this year, mm-hmm. um, but not to give too much away again. Uh, he's saying his best bet was actually Northern Star. Oh, and really? He's done really well out huh. of that. I didn't yeah. sort of peg him as somebody who invested in the gold space. No, yeah. But but he saw that it had been beaten down so far. He huh. saw it irresistible. He thinks that that's a really attractive miner because they keep their costs under control and given what they're sitting on at the moment as well. Well, you tease me. I'll be I'll be listening to yeah, that interview, Andrew. I didn't that. I didn't actually <laughs> hear that when it went to air. So thank you. Um, uh, today, can I just get stock of the day um, done? It was strike 
It was Strike, Strike Energy. You actually spoke with the CEO. Well, in fact, before we get to that, okay. let's okay, let's hear what the experts had to say about it and then we'll get into that interview. Okay. All right. Yep. So this was um, Henry Jennings from Marcus Today and Adam Dawes from Sean Partners on Strike Energy. This one looks interesting. It's had a pretty good run, though. Um, so for me, it's probably a hold at these kind of prices. But uh, with more drilling to come and more potential consolidation, I certainly wouldn't be selling it. Uh, I'd be holding on to this one and seeing how this whole situation plays out as we head into 2023. So uh, it looks quite interesting playing into that domestic gas market in Western Australia. So I don't know a lot about strike. I'm going to stay with Henry as it's a hold. Mm. Um, but, you know, they've bought themselves into that 19.9% into Warrego Energy. That's a good cash bonus for them if it all gets taken out. And so, yeah, um, it, it's sort of the stars aligned today. Pick that as the stock of the day because there was a little bit of news out today just giving a timeline for one of its drilling programs to start. But it's just part of this broader narrative about these West Coast um, you well, know, it's, it's the Perth Basin energy, where yeah. they're sitting on this gas there uh, that's really become hotly contested, that whole basin there. And you're seeing, obviously, the play for Warrigo. Mm -hmm. Strike have close to 20% stake in Warrigo now. Uh, and there you've had Beach fallout. Looks like Hancock Energy is now in the prime position. I was speaking with Stuart Nicholl, the chief executive of Strike, saying well, he doesn't rule out perhaps doing some sort of deal with Hancock Energy in relation mm. to Warrigo. Um, but then you've also news today that Mineral Resources is uh, pretty much uh, bought the remaining stake in Norwest, which is also uh, playing in the Perth gas basin. So fascinating because it's not just supplying what is a really tight domestic market for gas, but they're also looking at uh, the export potential too through the Northwest gas shelf. Yeah, it's uh, definitely a hot area. Spoke with Sol Kavadik from Credit Suisse, who's been in the news this week plenty because he's been really weighing in on that gas price cap that's been put forward to, by the government. But, but on the Perth Basin, he just said, "Watch out! You know, this is just the start of the consolidation in that area. It's a uh, pretty, pretty live and ripe for corporate action there." So, yeah, you'll put that interview with the CEO online, presumably. So, if you'd like to listen, you can just go to osbiz.com.au. Yeah. Um also in the resources space, of course, a lot of movement as far as lithium is concerned. Uh, mm -hmm. Vulcan, uh, it, uh, it fell today. That's despite getting approval in Germany to begin a new lithium plant. It's um, a big story this week in general, really, after, you know, we've had some of those investment well, banks. After, yeah, and after in. that auction yesterday from yeah. Pilbara Minerals, mm. and uh, that triggered a sharp sell-off uh, across the board. But um, I was listening to Henry on, uh, mm. on the call today. He still likes it. Yeah. He's seeing now some some real buying opportunities. Some value. It's a bit, a bit lower, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, it's one of the stories of 2022, I think, lithium. Um, it's had a few um, you know rugs pulled out from under it at different times. But, boy, it's been a love trade. Gemma Dale from Nab Trade, you know, on any dip, Pilbara, she said the volume was eye-watering, you know, mm. the amount of Nab traders getting in and picking that up at what they perceive to be, you know, a, a pretty pretty good Discount, you know, shares are on sale. Um, and uh, look, this this lithium story, the EV story, will again continue through 2023. If I had my crystal ball, Andrew, I can say that. <laughs> but the price will be volatile. If you had a crystal ball, you wouldn't be sitting here. This You'd is be true. On your own island somewhere. <laughs> this is true. I'd invite you, though. You would be welcome <laughs> I'm to visit. Sure. Um, 
Look elsewhere. I'll just just back sort of internationally. Uh, look, fascinating what's going on with Elon Musk, of course, who continues to hog the headlines and very much the view of particularly major stakeholders in Tesla that he's taken his hands right off the wheel there. He's completely distracted mm-hmm. by what's going on at Twitter. Calls for the chair, chairwoman, the Australian, to uh, to get involved because yeah. uh, he's sold down again. Um, and uh, what about forty billion dollars to date? In fact, of uh, talk about eye wandering shareholding in in Tesla, and uh, that you know obviously is frustrating the um, the shareholders. In fact, one of our regulars, uh, Dan Ice from Wedbush, uh, saying that uh, he sees no end in sight to uh, to where it's going at the moment. I also spoke to John Blank from Zach, saying, "Look, he's steering clear." Tesla. Good pun. Yeah, because he also sees that there's a shift going on too in the dynamics of the EV market. In that now you're getting these really good builds from the competitors, particularly in Asia, from China. China with yep. BYD, yep. Uh, Neo, South Korea. Polestar. I just learned about Polestar this week. Saw my first one on the road. Yeah, the Volvo spin off. Yeah, but um, it's built in China, I found out. Yep. Um, and, um, and also, uh, you know, the likes of. Um, uh, some of the South Korean uh, car makers mm. as well, Hyundai and, and Kia, who are yeah. actually making very competitive models. So yeah. the question is, will Tesla remain that premium uh, brand, mm-hmm. but it, they're clearly losing market share at the moment? Yeah, I, I think it's a fascinating one for us to watch through 2023. It was featured on yesterday's episode of The Call. We did an international special in your absence, Andrew, sorry. Um, but Tesla was one of those companies. Look, the um, the consensus was that it will still be sort of the premium product, but, you know, competition will become much more, much more intense. And, yeah, everybody, when they talk about Tesla now, are talking about Twitter. So, yeah. you know, you've literally, I saw on Twitter, some of the Elon fanboys and Tesla fan fan boys and girls, I suppose, like literally saying, Elon, please, you know, stop with the Twitter thing. Put your focus back on Tesla. Mm. We need you. Eyes on the road. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I keep Walked getting questions from my, uh, from my kids as to when are we going to buy the electric car? I'm thinking, when they're cheaper. We'll yeah, oh, I know. But like I think that that's what I sort of have been noticing around my neighborhood is there's way more variety. You know, at mm. one time it was just Tesla, but now I saw a Hyundai uh, like it's almost like a little SUV sort of electric vehicle, the Polestar that I've been seeing around. So yeah, I, I'm I'm waiting too, Andrew. I'm waiting to see what comes to market. And yep. Yeah, maybe I'll buy one secondhand. Yeah. I'm that type of person. <laughs> All right. So next week, of course, we're heading into Christmas, the last week before Christmas. Yeah. So as a result, not a lot nah, happening. No, nah, I looked. I looked. We've got the RBA board meeting minutes, the which minutes. is always a fascinating read, but. Yeah. Um, like some detailed skilled job vacancies. There is, you know, PMI in China. There's US GDP. But look, it's really slow. There's not really any corporate news that I can see. You know, there's a few smaller companies with half yearlies or annual general meetings. But look, we know we know what uh, what this time of year brings. Although you never know when something comes out of left field. Yeah, can I guess the question is, can you afford to take your eyes off the market? At the moment, I mean, obviously, mm. you want to go away, have a breather, mm-hmm. uh, get away from that. But uh, you know, I was, I was asking that question to Adam Dawes early in the week, actually, when I was uh, doing the call with mm-hmm. him, and he's saying, "Yeah, you know what? I'll be on holidays, but yeah, not really, because mm-hmm. he'll still have an eye on the market. He's on call twenty four hours a day." Yeah, yeah, we all are, aren't we? Yeah. yeah. Well, week to date, so we saw this market 
you know, run into a few problems this week. It looks as if it's down by about half a percent over the five trading days. Um, who knows? Who knows what next week will bring? But we'll be here. We will indeed. Enjoy your weekend. You too. Hello, listener. Is it me you're looking for? As brands, we're always wanting to make a connection, to find the person you can rely on, the one that's there every week, month, or year, and always has your back when you need them the most. It's a little like matchmaking, don't you think? With ACAST podcast ads, you can filter for your exact dream audience so you can find the ideal customer for your business. The Romeo to your Juliet, the Rachel to your Ross, the Bert to your Ernie, and avoid those red flags and time wasters. Your ads can communicate with them in the most intimate way possible. A one-on-one -on -one conversation, a chance meeting in the gym, or a coffee shop. So go on, give it a try. With over hundreds of thousands of listens a month, your person is probably here. Get closer to your audience. Make podcast ads with Acast. Head to go.acast.com to get started.